We have an opportunity here to bring presence to the ceremony that is your life. And my invitation to you is to stop whatever you're doing, wherever you are, just for this one precious moment and take a deep breath. Follow the breath into your root point and land yourself right here, right now, into your present moment. And exhale. Welcome to the space where all the magic is happening and prepare yourself to receive the wild, raw expanse that is available inside the dojo that is your life. You are the empowered center point creator of every single experience that you are drawing into your field at this time. When you recognize that and really get that in your bones, you will receive yourself as the magnet for the most perfectly expansive evolutionary curriculum that is precisely crafted for you to evolve beyond what was in order to claim all that is a match to the you who is free. And that is what we are here to do inside the dojo as we explore what it means to live a life beyond the edge. This is a Soul Fire production. Hello, dojo family. I'm adding this audio insert before you listen to this upcoming episode with Oren Harris to be totally transparent with all of you. I... I'm in a completion, a relationship completion with my most recent partner, David. And, you know, this episode I recorded with Oren was put in the can months before um, David and I recently completed our union together. And I sat with whether or not to release this episode with Oren, as I do mention, you know, the magic of my relationship with David and how Oren and I both met our partners so soon after the completion of, of our relationship. And, you know, while it does feel vulnerable to release this episode, it also feels true. And, you know, as everything I stand for within the dojo containers and the dojo ecosystem is transparency and also, you know, including myself in my own process, in my own journey, and so much of the learnings that occur through me by making a careful study of my own direct experience of love and loss and heartbreak and, you know, high states of union and connection and, you know, meeting my own edges in so many ways. And my allegiance is to being as true and transparent and authentic with you all as possible. And what's authentically true is that there's so much juice in this episode with Oren that I feel like it would be a disservice not to release it because the learnings that we share around unconditional love and relationship and the experiences that we had stand and they are the truth. And even though the relationship with David and I will not be continuing in its romantic form, I still stand behind the beauty and the love that we share. And I've learned so much through that relationship. And I will be creating a solo episode in the coming weeks to share a deeper dive of my experience as I fully integrate and when I feel ready to do that. 
But for now, I just wanted to be transparent and let you all in that there is a relationship transition that I'm moving through. And that was not yet occurring when we recorded this episode with Oren. But that being said, I really trust that you're going to receive the beauty and the juice that is present in this episode. And my prayer is that it supports you in your exploration and journey around love and loss and relationship transitions and how, you know, the truth of love is love is love and that energy cannot be created or destroyed, only changed in form. And the love that I shared with Oren is true. And the form of it has changed into the the truth of the family that we are. And the love that I shared with David is true. And the form of that will change into the truth that it will become. And that is to be discovered. And I really trust that the truth of our love will live on in a new form. So that's the message that it feels important to me that each of you receive in the deepest place of your hearts is that even when the form of love changes, it doesn't mean that the depth of trust that we get to have in that love needs to change. And so I'm working that muscle, that trust in love muscle right along with you. And I hope this episode serves you in a really good way. Thanks for listening. Hello, Dojo family. This is a moment I didn't know if it would arrive. I'm sitting here with Oren Harris, my former partner, the man I, you know, have experienced the deepest love I had up until that point. And our love is true. I'm recognizing love that is true, is true, is true, is true. It can't be created into a different form or destroyed into a different form, but it can change into a different form. And that's what I mean when I say, I didn't know that it was possible to arrive into this moment where I can say from an embodied, authentic, integrous, totally unactivated and completely open place that the romantic love that I have felt for this man has transformed into a new form and hasn't lost an ounce of its power. Mm-hmm. It, it hasn't. I still love you so much. Like my heart could explode when I talk about how much I love you and it has transformed into an even higher expression based on who we've become, where we're at now and what actually serves us. And it's the love of family. It's unconditional love. That's true is true is true. And this man has shown me through demonstration and reflection and many, many moments of raw truth, what unconditional love really looks like. And that is you know, I could go into all the magical things to describe Oren Harris, and I'm sure that I will. But the one just like simplistic phrase that I could say to describe this man is that he is the embodiment of unconditional love. And I have tested it and he is the embodiment of that. And so for those of you who are just getting to know our journey, Oren and I, were together romantically in in a union template, really with the deep intention to spend the rest of our lives together for four years. And it's well, almost four years, nearly four years. And it's a really interesting thing because both of us truly were all in. Like there was there was the simultaneity between like actually all in. We are sp- like this is the person I'm intending to spend my life with. I'm all in. And 
four years later, like you can be all in for life in year one and year two and year three. And then in the truth of the moment that it was time for it to actually expire, we were more all into the truth of the moment and the truth of our love and the truth of what's true than we were attached to the idea of what it was supposed to look like. And so here we are having kind of moved through. We needed, it's been over a year since we ended the relationship. There's been a lot of time and space and transformation and are in new relationship now that, you know, has kind of all coalesced ultimately into us connecting again for the first time, just about a year later in the physical. And now we're coming together to have a conversation around what our journeys have been like individually and as a unit, you know? And so we're really excited. And also like, I'm just not nervous, but like, it's this excitement of, we haven't actually kind of gone into the, like the intricacies of how we were each feeling at different junctures and different phases. And so I'm, my intention is to bring that into this conversation. I think there's a little bit of a vulnerability in that for me, because we haven't really gone into all those details, just the two of us. We have touched on some of the things, but I'm curious what wants to come forward today. And my intention in bringing Oren onto the podcast is, you know, I didn't have a reference point. I didn't have a reference point before this relationship of a love of this magnitude surviving the breakup. I didn't have a reference point of breaking up, ending a relationship with a partner of multiple years, and then coming back together on the other side with a reinvented relationship that actually feels true with no sticky spots and it was, we were so clean with it, man. I don't feel anything <laughs> sticky in the field. So I, my intention in sharing this is as a woman who prior to this relationship didn't have a reference point for the breakup and then the coming back together, the resurrection into a new form. My prayer is that anyone listening who may not have that reference point and therefore might have a big fear, like a enormous fear of heartbreak, like beyond because the past reference points of having heartbroken resulted in loss and really not coming back together again. My prayer is that this expression invites expanse and possibility and healing and opening to more availability for the possibility of love and trust in love and trusting that love that is true and continues to serve will transform itself into a new expression. So with that, I'd love to hear from you, Oh, why you're here, what had you say yes, and anything that feels true for you before we kind of get into it. Yeah, I'm here for the connection and the intimacy with you, with myself, and what my intention is and what I feel is possible here is for this to inspire, to heal, to awaken, to ignite whoever is listening, you know, wherever it's hitting them in their heart, whatever's igniting in their spirit. And so to be an offering for that. And I have experienced some powerful reflections from actual humans, how our transition has inspired them. And I also feel like there's many more 
people that have been inspired, not, not so much like, like inspired by our transition, you know, so, but not that it's about us per se, but the possibility itself, a powerful transition and for the transformation of love into another expression and the possibility of peace and even like celebration. You know, if, if there was a spectrum, you know, to the left of peace would be like, okay, you're, you're, you're okay, you know, or you're, yeah. you're tolerating, or you're, you're surviving, yeah. or yeah. maybe on the far left and you're like, this is just total hell, but like moving up into like, okay, like someone asked me a couple of days ago, Adam, not Adam Roa, but our other friend, Adam, uh-huh. I am on the beach. And when I was sharing with him how you know, about the transition. Cause he hasn't seen, I haven't seen him since our transition. Yeah. Like I noticed that he was not surprised, but just expanded by, I was like, cause he's kind of like, you know, are, how are you doing? Are you okay? And I'm like, we're past. Okay. We're in celebration. Yeah. We're in appreciation. We're in heart, body felt gratitude. And yeah. I think that that is a possibility that I'm inspired to just to share. Yeah. Mm. I'm with you in that. And it's like, as you're saying that, I just still feel this part of me that feels so excited that that actually happened because, because, (laughs) (laughs) because there was definitely, definitely many months there where it was hardest, really challenging, really big grief really big, big heartbreak, you know, because it's like both are true because the truth of our love is actually authentic. Like we just really do love each other so much that the heartbreak part was a big part of it. You know, that there was this massive heartbreak. There was this fear of completely losing this love that is true. And then witnessing you know, the essential part of not bypassing an ounce of the pain part, like actually letting it die completely was essential. So I did have to face off with the possibility that we wouldn't come back together. I did have to, you probably did too. I, we did have to allow for however long it might take, if it would ever evolve Mm -hmm. into another expression. I think on a deep level, there was always a knowing in like the deepest underbelly of my soul that we would come back together in friendship or family. I just, again, didn't have a reference point for it. So when I feel about feel into the part of me that feels excited hearing you say like, no, like we're actually in celebration. We actually feel great. I just don't want to jump over and we'll go into this, the period of time where we couldn't, we needed time or I needed time apart where we really had to let it die. We, we didn't skip over the experience of heartbreak, the experience of not knowing, the experience of letting go, the experience of you meeting another woman within weeks of us ending the relationship. The experience of all of that was still so full and a full death process that when we really let it go and it's how we navigated within all those pain points that I feel contributed to the speed of our capacity to come back together and meet each other again. So we will get into all those layers. 
But first, I imagine a lot of the people listening have followed our journey along the way. And I also imagine there's some newcomers that are just getting to know me, that are just getting to know you. And so I'd love to kind of just back up for a moment (laughs) and invite a sharing around like your experience of our meeting, your experience of our relationship, and just kind of painting the picture of of our relationship and our experience of our time together. And I'll share as well. And then we can kind of start to catch up to the last year and, and focusing on the release, the breakup, the breakthrough and the mechanics of that. And if you're someone listening, going through a breakup or in deep love relationship, and there might be some upper limits and fear thresholds on like how much you're willing to love because it's connected to how much you're willing to lose. They are. May this whole thing, like, let's talk about how much we love first, (laughs) and then we'll talk about how much we had to go through loss, you know? Yeah, which one one thing I'll speak to the loss, it's like the devotion that we had to our love when we were in relationship. And then when we transitioned, just like looking at the depth of the transition and even the challenges and the difficulty the way we met the transition was that same devotional energy, right? It's actually the same exact quality of devotion, even though the feelings, the emotions, the content of it was different. But I I just realizing like that, there was no lapse in our devotion. Wow. (laughs) You know, which I think that gives me butterflies. Yeah. I feel that. Right. Yeah. That's, that's, Part of the secret sauce in both, you know, the expression of love in relationship partnership and the transition, healing, coming into peace and celebration possibility, the, the sauce, the equation is still the same or one piece of it is that devotion, like truly devotion to love. It just it looks different when you're going through pain, you know, or when you're healing, but it's still actually the same energy. And that's something that I will you know, I honor in both of us that level of devotion. Yeah, that's a, that's a great segue into one of the things I appreciated the most about our relationship was the true integrous embodied devotion. That was just like this unwavering experience. And, you know, I can put this in the context of my own personal curriculum around trust so going into meeting UO in our relationship, I had was carrying a lot of wounding around trust that I still continue to unravel and work with. And it's so much easier for me to work with now than it was when I first met you. And so this is one of the, one of the many gifts that I received through our relationship was your embodied devotion that is a function of our love, right? Of how much you love me and felt my heart. And the way that you showed up in our relationship was devotional from the jump, meaning devotional to love and devotional to truth. So from the beginning, and there was many times it wasn't comfortable, you wouldn't tell me what I wanted, what the part of me that was afraid, already afraid to lose, already afraid of heartbreak from the beginning, because that's where my wounding was from betrayals of the past, loving so big and being betrayed in the past, 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 again, having nothing to do with Oren, but going into the relationship, carrying that fear of heartbreak and fear of betrayal 
because the past version of me, the only reference point I had when I met Oren of the me that loved that big and went through heartbreak was a version of me that didn't have the tools to deal with it. So I was becoming the me that did have the tools to deal with it, but I didn't know that for sure yet through our relationship. So there was in there a big fear. The more I fell in love with you, the deeper our love became, the more kind of pressure and tension there was on this part of me that was like, wow, like I trust myself in so many ways, but man, if this doesn't work, this heartbreak, this fear of this losing this relationship, this love is like hard for me to tolerate and capacitate even the possibility of it. So there were many junctures throughout the relationship. The more I loved you, where there was an ass, a shadow aspect of me, that's a protector from that heartbreak wound that would want something from you in the form of a guarantee, a form of a, it's different if it's coming from an adorable inspiration, like tell me you're going to love me forever or whatever. But if it's coming from a, like, I know, like, I need to know that you're in a hundred percent or from any sort of lack, you are like an incredibly magical, like, like truth detector, like almost like a deer in headlights that he can like you, your embodiment. And I'm, I'm naming this to say that was still devotion because it wasn't, wouldn't actually serve me for you to tell that part of me what it needed to hear so that it could feel safe. And that protection mechanism would still stay in place. So in this relationship with you, there was multiple death processes that I had to go through in order to actually receive the fully embodied devotional, like Z, like I'm in this to win this, like we're in it for life. Like all that came through your inspiration, but only after you were willing to withstand the parts of me that needed to die. Yeah, that's, that's a, I'm really happy you brought that up and are acknowledging that because it's, yeah. it points to one of the more paradoxical aspects of trust in relationship. Mm-hmm. And I'll share how that occurred for me. It's like, and I'm seeing the through line of the devotion and the theme of integrity and how integrity actually builds trust and love is in the beginning of our relationship, like we were totally vibing each other, feeling connection, feeling the love. There was no, no real tangible, like logical reason why we wouldn't be like, okay, we're like, we've gone from dating and now like we're in, right? But I was like, no, not, 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 not yet. It just, it feels like it's, it just feels premature. It doesn't feel right. Mm -hmm. And, And that's what you're reflecting to me and acknowledging in me is that I was willing to embody my inner truth, which was that it doesn't feel like it. It feels premature. It feels rushed. It feels like it's coming out of fear. Mm-hmm. And so me not kind of, you know, <laughs> jumping into it, reactively jumping into something that was so delicious, meaning going from dating to like we're official, that actually is one of those paradoxical ways that trust gets created. And <laughs> And trust and love, because if you trace it, me following my inner truth is actually an act of self-love, which means self-love is love. And so there's an integrity to love at play in that. And the challenging part for me in that was to embody my knowing, which I did, like what I was wrestling with 
was what this could look like, what this could sound like. I'm like, I'm not the guy that's like non-committal. I know it might sound like that. I know I'm saying freedom. It's not because I want to be with other women, you know, even though the door's open for that right now. And so I just remember feeling deep down in my heart, like I really hope and desire for you to meet me in the truth, even if it's unexplainable, even if it seems illogical, even yeah. if it looks or sounds a certain way. So so that was my process of being in integrity mm -hmm. with myself. And that was my challenge. And I succeeded in the sense of like, I stuck with it. So then by time we were like, you know, Facebook status or official, like it happened. Uh -huh. I didn't even remember how it happened. It just happened. We were like, we're a thing right now. <laughs> that what I'm saying is like, that's many things I'm saying, but that is trustable. Like that decision now was allowing love to shape the container rather than trying to contain love. Yeah, it's wow. Yeah, love to shape the container rather than trying to contain love. And then that was a powerful time. So we're speaking into the first like month and a half of our relationship. And because you were living in your own space and then about like a month and a half in, you ended up moving into my space. And so then we're living together and it was this, journey of me really learning how to actually be in love without the guarantee early on. And that was really important. <laughs> it was really important for me because the actual physical, tangible way that our relationship was actually manifesting was everything that I wanted. It was all there. Like literally everything was there every step of the way that I actually wanted. And it was soon as I actually, that a part of me had to go through a shedding that was coming out of fear or lack and just needed the guarantee out of that fear of having my heart broken, which is just a, trying to contain love, like you're saying. And as soon as what occurred on my end is as soon as that I, I had to go through a process around that and mm -hmm. really choose to trust the way things were actually manifesting and actually feel the essence of what's here without the guarantee. And when that completely shed off the part of me that was coming from fear or lack, everything beyond, yeah. then all the frameworks, then you were just like, you made us Facebook official. You were like, we're living <laughs> together. And you're like, it's time for us to get a house. You're like, this is now we're home together. All these things, as soon as I didn't need it, it, was, it wasn't coming from lack or fear. So while it was uncomfortable for me, I really feel the devotion in that because I know how much you love me. And I know how much you could see that if we created the frame of our relationship from a need for a guarantee or a lack, that right. would be unsustainable in the long term. And what right. I saw in my, as then the rest of our relationship, I could be the version of myself that could really trust our love and trust the integrity and devotion of every decision we're making because we're making them from a place of truth and, and abundance. And that did translate and fast forward into my new relationship and meeting my partner, David, where I wasn't even thinking about it the day that he told me I'm his girlfriend. <laughs> like I was like, hey, I was, it just, right. Like the space yeah. in me, that aspect, actually, I didn't have a comparison point, but it's like, I was able to release the need for guarantee in the way that it was coming from. I still love it. I still love the romance of like, I'm going to be with sure. you forever. And like, fuck yeah. Yes, please. More of that. I really love that. And the energy of devotion but the part that is coming from a need for it so that I'm willing to take the next step at all. 
Right. And noticed with him, I was willing to take all the next steps and I wasn't needing any guarantee in the beginning in the same way. And I believe that that opened up the space for him to feel free in his own uprising of like, you're my girlfriend and I love you. Like him bringing those energies and those moments meant so much to me because I wasn't in demand of them. I was just like, whoa, me too. Whoa. Yes. You know, and I really feel how it's like from one relationship to the next, we're such teachers. Mm-hmm. We're such teachers for each other. And I'm just noticing, you know, the way that it translates as you're sharing that. So uh, thank you for being such a teacher in that way for me. And I'm sure not comfortable at times when you can feel there's something that I was really desiring from you, but from a fear place and to be able to stand uh, and like, I'm here and not yet, you know, and woo. I, I, yeah, thank you. And I applaud, I applaud you for moving through that. Because I just like, yeah, I could feel your desire so strong. And yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was really a powerful time. And I think that, you know, the need for the guarantee, you know, looking back, like tracing the, I guess, transcending the fear of mm-hmm. heartbreak. Yeah. The need for the guarantee is the part that subconsciously, because if you get the guarantee, the guarantee subconsciously represents protection from feeling heartbreak. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Exactly. It's all been a heartbreak dojo, hasn't it? (laughs) For me, for healing, you know, and, and it's really cool too to track the ways that we've both served each other's spirits. Like, I feel like you've reflected to me how our relationship kind of prepared you and made you the version of yourself that you needed to be to meet Chelsea. And my relationship with you, I feel prepared me to become the version of myself I needed to be to meet David. And it's just really wild. First of all, that we can even talk about that now, you know, but is it wild? I don't know. I think it's actually natural. You know, that's, I'm glad you're saying that because I think that sometimes things that are normal, we think are natural. Sometimes we things that are actually natural, we make them supernatural, right? Mm -hmm. So we're talking about it like it's supernatural because it's not that normal. Yeah. (laughs) In actuality, like if we strip away fear and conditioning for a moment, it's quite it's actually quite natural yeah. because the love is real, was real, is real. So it's not like that ever changed. And so the yeah. fact that we're in the flow of that love and able to receive it and give it and allow it to flow and feel safe in that is to be applauded. Yeah. And I think it's just rare, but it's not supernatural. I think that what's more supernatural is that we collectively have acclimated to certain levels of defense and Mm self-preservation and separation from one another that's been so normalized that it makes something like this seem like out there like what your friends and you're on the facetime with 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 the new partner like you know i mean some people you know like especially if you reach into the collective vibration around relationships in general that would seem like really far out there yeah (laughs) you know what i mean so yeah yeah. and so It felt so is wild. So yeah, well said. And it, I do really get that because it was like a surreal experience for me when we saw each other in the physical to then get on a FaceTime with Chelsea and have us be talking about the two of you having, talking about having children or something, you know, like it's like the surreal moments of being in that conversation with you and having it feel so good in my body 
is what we're saying is actually quite natural is relative to the collective like norm. It's like abnormal. Right. Right. And so of course it's natural. Like, I love you. You love me. We want the best for each other, but there was a period we had to go through quite the initiation to get there because, you know, it's also quite normal. So this is not to shame either people that have gone through big breakups and have not yet found the bridge back together. So I want to be careful that we don't, you know, create any like negativity or shame around that because I certainly have many prior relationships where this was either not the truth for us to come back together or it wasn't available at the time. So, you know, just tuning back into the intention again of like, okay, in the subtleties, what did we do along the way? Cause this is, it's might be quite natural, but I wouldn't call it easy. Right. 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 So, so what did we actually do? So then we'll kind of like keep moving forward through our relationship. Then we, so we moved through that initiation. We both landed in our full fuck yes to the relationship, to the union. We moved into a beautiful home together, like manifested magic in every dimension and experienced a love that I expanded both of us in ways that like, I don't know blew my mind and heart wide open. And I'm just so grateful for the time that we spent together. And I remember one moment we were in New York, we had decided we're calling in our home and you reminded me, do you remember that conversation on the stairs? Oh yeah. 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 Uh Uh-huh. Where we were calling in our home and maybe it might be better coming from you because it came from you. Yeah. (laughs) Essentially, we were in the active co-creation of a home and moving into the plan, the imagination, the plan, the logistics, the motion forward towards it. And we were, I experienced that at some point, the shift of our attention was so focused on the creation of it that it kind of took away from what I felt deep down in my heart, that that the home is an actual thing that we actually desired and created and it was fabulous. And it's an expression of love right? And it's symbolic for home. And I was like, well, the real home is in our heart. The real home is like we're sitting on stairs in Manhattan or in Brooklyn together right now. And in this moment, when we've reached deep down into our hearts, like we are home, right? Mm -hmm. And And if we lose sight of that and project some of that as if our home in and of itself is going to create the vibration of deep intimacy and union and home, then when we're off, Rather than the home being an expression Mm. of in a physical space that can nurture and continue to nurture and develop the home that's within us. That was the moment. That Um, was huge. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like that was another big deepening in our union where it became like wherever we are is home, literally. And just because that was the truth anyway, it just really, we like received it in the moment. Totally. And that's another example of how we can, in our devotion to love, kind of externalize it. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? That's a, yeah. Even our physical home was an example of how, you know, we all at times externalize, you know, or put the power in the form yeah. rather than like the power is in the source, in the creator, not in the created, the power. Not the appreciation, the adoration, the full fulfillment and experience of what's created, but the actual power. Mm, Wow, that's a bar right there. The (laughs) the power is in the creator, not the created. Right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. 
that really amplified our collective like force as a unit in terms of the way we moved in the world together and created together. And I think this starts to point, I think this is important to name as we, you know, move toward through line of our relationship and into the completion of it, the romantic version of it is that even in that moment is captured the beauty and the high expression of the way we served each other's souls. So I feel like, and totally, you know, I would welcome your view on it as well, but there was very much an, a dynamic of your like cosmic consciousness and spirit being invited onto the earth plane, like grounding into form, bringing the infinite into form through the body into like actually creating the physical world manifest reflection of the magnitude of, I would say, spiritual like mm-hmm. expanse and Jedi-ness <laughs> that you had already achieved. And before we met, there was an opportunity to kind of like see that come into form more. Mm -hmm. And then for me on the other end, I'm a very like embodied earth mama. So I was very much like in the physical world reality, creating from the physical world reality. And I really, my spirit was benefiting from having more trust creating from the infinite rather than creating first from the finite and kind of like pushing through the physical world reality in order to try to make things happen that way. And so you were kind of bringing me, we would say like star of David, like you were Mm -hmm. the kind of upward facing pointing up star and I'm the downward facing star. And when Mm -hmm. those two locked in together and magic would happen and there was many differentials where we would have tension points and how we would want to create But in that description of home, that moment is a great example of when that star of David was like locked in where your spirit through my, like the practical energy of the way that I create in the physical and the visionary quality there. And then your ability and energy mastery to actually like lock us into an energetic template that could open to receive the full yes, energetic timeline in an effortless way. I think that's an example of kind of a deeper why in our coming together and the alchemy of our souls. Like it's almost like you landed and I lifted. Right. I agree. Yeah. Well said. In a moment like that with the home and, you know, this deepening into the home inside of ourselves in the stairway in New York, while simultaneously being in the stream of creating a home, that's an example of our souls harmonizing and it being a yes and not a yes, but so that the the appearance, and this is what happens a lot in relationship and where souls are coming into greater union, the appearance of a conflict sets up the illusion of separation between the heavens and the earth, right? Mm -hmm. It's like as if there is an actual conflict between flow and structure, you know what I mean? Or between the internal and the external. Right. And so that was a beautiful moment for me because it was like, yes, to whatever you were saying in terms of like the practical parts of it is like, yes, a hundred percent. And so so literally I'm like Zillow making spreadsheets, talking to realtors, doing all those things. And then Oren's like, let's get the energetics in tight here. What's going on here? Are you like in stress in lack in force and all that? And I was at times. And also at times he would be like not fully grounded in the physical expression of what needs to happen in order to manifest it. So we're like bringing each other into a place of, of the highest of both. 
Yeah. And I feel like, you know, going back to the devotion, just one chapter before the house for a moment to highlight the same kind of point in a different way is that the timing of us deciding to be in an actual physical or intentional structure of relationship. And we already talked about that, but then we did the same thing with moving into the house, right? It's like, we're living together. We've been living together, you know, Hey, let's just get a house. But we did the same thing as we started talking about it in a practical manner, moving towards it. We simultaneously were listening. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, okay, yeah, there's no real logical reason we wouldn't move in together into a house right now. But I applaud that we paid attention to both the physical and the non-physical. And we did try to force that. And so by time we decided, again, we moved with a lot more power and harmony by harmonizing just like the logic and the practicality of it with truly listening. Yeah. And then we kind of, ended our relationship in the same way. I'm saying we were very thorough along the way and and rooted by time we made these key like decision points, the decision to go from dating to being in a relationship, the decision to go from living together to getting a house together and then the decision to transition out of the relationship. I'm noticing we kind of carried forth this devotional quality and this kind of balance of like truly listening and being a space of surrender while also being proactive. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. The whole relationship. Yeah. And it's so trustable, you know, I really see how trustable it is. And when we would listen in that way, life would always organize to support it, you know? So, you know, we move, so we end up manifesting within like a couple weeks of that conversation, the most extraordinary home that was just blew our minds right out of the water in the Palisades overlooking the ocean. And the day that we drove up to go see it, Warren said, oh, it would be so awesome if the owners were inside of the house (laughs) and we walk it, we drive into the driveway after a couple like little energetic tweaks of letting go of anything else that is in our full highest excitement. And we walk into the house and there they are, the owner, his pregnant wife, their mother-in-law. And we got to meet with them while we walk into our dream house. And when they left, their realtor walked back in within minutes and said, you know what, you guys, they love you. It's yours if you want it. And our realtor, I immediately started crying. Our realtor was like in shock. She said, I've literally never seen that happen before. And so we ended up going and sitting on the edge of the overlook and just like that day being like, wow, (laughs) that really just happened. We, we have our house. And so it was this really beautiful kind of function of, I think how, intentional, thorough, and well said, deep in the listening we would be, right? Like really listening, not rushing it, but also not slowing down either, like in action when it, as soon as it was true. And also like really grounding it in, like grounding in the high vision into a form in a tangible way that felt overall pretty effortless when we were in the flow of it. And so, you know, then we live in the house and we have this beautiful over the next couple of years, a beautiful unfoldment of our relationship. And, you know, now I want to start kind of pointing into as we started to close out the relationship. And it's almost like, you know, similar themes that we're speaking to almost like gassing themselves out. Like, I feel like it, like almost like the way that we were growing each other, almost like 
expired in its usefulness. Like I felt embodied in my trust to a certain degree, although the initiation of leaving the relationship itself was a huge part of that. Mm -hmm. I like to say it's almost as if I became the version of myself in the relationship that could leave the relationship. Mm -hmm. Isn't that wild? Like I literally became the version of myself with you through the initiation into trusting life, trusting myself, trusting love, all Mm -hmm. things that I learned through us being together, that I became the version of myself that could listen to -hmm. the intuition and the instinct that, oh, wow, like it does feel like we're meant to go on separate journeys. Like I go to Costa Rica and you go to Tulum. We hadn't fully ended it at that point, but for us to leave our house, you know, which was being sold by the end of it, it was all happened. The magic, like it was painful, but as soon as we started to kind of come out of alignment romantically, we found out the house was being sold. We realized it was time to leave LA. And then right there at the tail, tail end of it was like, wow, the decision, I'm going to go to Costa Rica. You're going to go to Tulum. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was like, yeah, there was this, the, who I was at the beginning of the relationship, the fear of losing that love would have been too strong to actually let go into the unknown in that way and really trust life in a bigger way. But I had learned so much and embodied enough trust in myself and in love and in our love, knowing Mm -hmm. that like, whatever's true is true is true. And Mm -hmm. that there's enough friction at that point and enough sensation of stagnancy that it felt true to do that. And I think that took a lot. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. You know, that took a lot. And so we went through a period of time where we were a month apart in Tulum and Costa Rica. And during that time, that was the time of like real inquiry into the transition of our relationship And by the end of that time, it felt true for us to move into like a full completion. Yeah. One of, one of the things for me that was kind of marker, just tracking my own evolution and that happened before we, I went to Tulum, you went to uh, Costa Rica was, and and this is really kind of my, I guess my example of the integration of what I had learned or the, like you said, like yeah. what our souls were like teaching each other and catalyzing for me, just to like try to briefly summarize that it is this, as I'm grounding my infinite being and my true trust in life and God, and like my access to that grounding it more to the earth through my creations, through yeah. my leadership and all these different things. One of the points of resistance consciously and subconsciously was not so much a resistance to the practical, to the earthy things, but more so like a, a resistance to believing that I can't have the practical and the magical and that they, that believing that they're separate in any way, yeah. you know? And so that was one of the greatest things that was forged in a deeper embodied way in the relationship and how, you know, I, I realized at some point that- Practical magic practical magic in order to <laughs> deeper into the earth, I actually had to go deeper into embodying my trust, not yeah. trusting, embodying. And the greatest catalyst for that Im- deeper embodiment of my trust in the infinite came through relationship and desire to be in connection and like meeting with you and collaborating with people. Yeah. And so that was really the essence of my dojo. And I remember 
one moment that was so significant for me. I don't know if I expressed this even if I did. It certainly wasn't in this light. Was we were moving out of the house. We were all packed up. And the movers were going to be coming. And I was like, hey, let's, you know, I want to take you out to dinner. Go to one of our favorite restaurants. I don't even remember. Is it Bluefish? Is that the name of yeah, it? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. In the Palisades. And you were excited. You're like, oh, yeah, that sounds amazing. So I called them up and and I was like, you know, can I get a reservation? They're like, oh, sorry. It's one of our busiest nights. It's the weekend. Like, not possible. It's like, there's no table. I hang up and there was a moment. And I don't know if I ever told you this. And hopefully I can land this succinctly where I said, oh, there's no reservations available. And then you being proactive and visionary like you are, we're like, oh, okay, well, maybe we could do this. And we're, and I was about to engage you in the alternate, like the plan B conversation. And I said, hold on. And I went in the other room and that was a defining moment for me. <laughs> <laughs> it really was. And I, I'm going to land this one. I'm committed. I went without thought, just with feeling, just with pure like God connection, intuition. And I called them back. Uh-huh. And the same person answered the phone. And for whatever logical or illogical reason, me trusting that action, they said, oh, table for how many? Table for two? Oh, would you? And they basically booked a reservation. And I came back to you and I said, we're going to Bluefish. And you were like, huh? Yeah. The reason that was a significant moment for me, because it was a practical moment in a day in my life, a collaborative moment of me bringing my offering, my part of the collaboration, my leadership, my full being. Yeah. Rather than explaining myself yeah. or trying to find a plan B when my spirit was like, I trust in the supernatural. Like it was unexplainable. It was kind of a miracle yeah. that suddenly they had a table already. Anyway, so I'm saying that to say transitioning into the next phase. Yeah. I was like, oh, that one moment was like this uniting of heaven on earth and everything that I learned was catalyzed through our relationship and grounding my energy yeah. into form yeah. and my intimate being. It like it all came into one moment. Yeah. Yeah, that was like a a moment uh-huh. where I feel the full embodiment, and I was like, okay, I'm doubling down on this. Yeah. Uh, I'm not I'm not clear about a lot, but what I know is that this is who I am, and it was beautiful that it happened while we were in relationship. We hadn't split up, so I was like, I know what it feels like to fully be my infinite being in a practical, grounded leadership way yeah. in relationship. I know what that feels like in my being, yeah. and I was. That's the me that I am. And that that's, that excites me yeah. to bring more of that in my leadership and in my yeah. love into my relationship. But this time I was just like, I didn't know we were up in there. But what I did know is that this is me in relationship. Yeah, this is huge. And I just <laughs> want to name this because so, you know, in a deeper way with the relationship with with Oren, I I just honor so much how magical you are. <laughs> now, I, I I love your magic. I experienced so much magic in our relationship. And now I feel like I am a carrier of yes. that magic. Like, I feel like I've learned so much. And this is part of the gift you gave me mm-hmm. in our relationship. And so it's such a good example because it's so simple and so wild. And like, I can imagine the some individuals listening, like really getting why that feels so magical to us, because it's, it's like, wow, like everything in physical world reality was like, no, that actually there's no reservations. It's a Saturday night. There's a, this is a no. And then what I just want to kind of like be more precise about here is I can also imagine some listeners feeling like, 
yeah. And so what? Okay. That was a coincidence or like, you know, that it's not a big deal or whatever. The more the norm for me in my world. And I wanted it to be the norm in my relationship. And I was in my own ways kind of asking for permission, like, or trying, trying to meet you at a point to deliver my love and my leadership. And in that moment, I was just like, Hold on. I'll be right back. Yeah. So like another example in this, using the same example of a different, of a different frame of it would be like Oren getting off the phone and saying, you know, Z, they said, there's no reservations. It's a Saturday night. There's no table. So my initial instinct at the time was like, okay, well, let's go to this other place. Uh, there's another idea. Right. And so the expanse for Oren in that is actually him having a feeling of like, no, this isn't actually a no, like, because there was a true inspiration instinct feeling there to go to bluefish, it felt like it was an alignment. And for him to actually not even call back, let's even go that far and have him say to me, and this would happen in our relationship at times, have him say to me, no, we're still going, we're going to get in. Okay. And be just so embodied in the belief that that is what's going to happen. And me in my evolutionary trajectory, I was more skeptical earlier in our relationship, I didn't have a lot of reference points of synchronicity occurring in that way. And again, like I can imagine a version of myself earlier on just being like, you're ungrounded. That's like, no, like they just told you, no, I don't, I don't believe that we're just going to walk up there and it's going to magically organize a table. But the thing is, Oren does believe that. And Oren believed, and I became, thank God, I'm really glad I that, that I have now. I'm realizing now in my own life, I actually have become the me now that believes enough and wants to believe and can be a receptive space for a version of you or anyone else coming and be like, you know what? Actually, let's go. I bet like something's going to shift and we're going to walk in and they'll have a table. And so I really, I hope those listening can kind of feel the alchemy of that. And the growth in that for me, and also the growth in that for Oren, and him actually believing himself into the not, no need to convince me or anyone else that what he feels is actually real and true. Because some of our conflict would be being hard for me to trust his leadership from that place that I'm perceiving as untrustable or ungrounded, or like I can't really lean into that. And so, but there was also growth for me in that. And the more reference points I got of going into that with him, the more opportunities I would have to actually expand my trust in life and in flow state and what that means. And in the other direction for him, there was also growth in practical, tangible examples like the making a reservation at a restaurant or like actually grounding in you know, the lease conversation with the house or whatever, but bringing the magic into that. And so the desire is to actually be in that fusion of practical magic. I think that could summarize our relationship was like, how do we like convince the practical that magic is real? And then that like landed infused. And how do we convince magic that practical is also valuable as a spirit in form? And there's like this practical magic that locked in to both of us through our relationship, which was so cool. Totally. And it's ironic, again, going back to integrity and how you actually accomplish the trust, right? Is that, is that it's the full ownership of what it is that I'm perceiving and receiving, because the part of me that is wanting to be seen or kind of 
dovetailing with the your own trust dojo and then kind of absorbing some of that yeah, yeah. actually ironically is not as trustable right because yeah. it's like even if i say something it's yeah. like i'm not fully embodying it if i'm also trying to simultaneously connect with you and running improve into prove something or prove yeah. something or running into maybe in a moment a lack of trust or something where you yeah. need understanding to gain the sense of trust and yeah. certainty but i'm like but the trying is so ironic and so subtle but it's so profound and hopefully we're conveying it in a way people can feel it yeah from both perspectives what's actually happening is that yeah. internally and externally i wasn't doing that in that moment and it's like and because i know that i'm not airy fairy right I'm, i mean obviously i am to my own degree as i'm grounding but i know that in my inside me i'm not really i'm not hallucinating the things no. that i know no i know i've seen it yeah i'm just trying to ground them more so that moment fast forward i was like it was like a portal i was like that is me that gets to live yeah. on earth period and yeah. just literally in a moment the now in the last year of my relationship with chelsea that moment of the miraculous happening and manifesting in our relationship and it being a huge part of my contribution to the relationship along yeah. with the obvious practical contributions yeah it's normal that happens yeah. all the time and yeah. it literally so and it's ironic because i i know that that's something that you desired from me but then you had your own trust dojo for you yeah. to be able to receive that from your perspective yeah and that i also am like i want that too yeah. it's just like i have to own the fullness of my spirit and how yeah. i can actually ground that in versus because if I tried to ground that in, yeah, tried to ground it in, yeah. like practically, yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. Well, but in a way that could soothe your brain that's yeah. looking to create trust through certainty, then ironically, that's why I don't have. Then I can't ground it in. Warren Harris, I get it, and I'm, I'm telling you, it's so wild because there's in my life now actually the expression of my being is showing up so much more in a lead role within my own relationship holding the possibility of flow and synchronicity and magic because i have embodied so many reference points through my lived experiences with you albeit i fully acknowledge many of them required quite a bit of convincing and like, are you sure? I don't know. This feels like bullshit, you know, like that my own critic, my own discernment, my own researcher that needed some extra sauce on it to like, believe that it could be possible yeah. through my own process of, cause I had to kind of like dissolve that through your participation in like in soothing it. And then also your release of the part of you that would convince to try to own your own truth of spirit like by the end of our relationship, it's like, it finally, like I believed it and you believed it without me needing to believe it. And so it was just like, it landed. And, uh, and so what were you going to say? I was just going to say, and one of the things that added to the power of that is that you got to a point where you're like, I'm all in on the trust dojo, which is yeah. also why you were willing to go to Costa Rica yeah. and that accelerated it. And I'm so proud of you because that allowed you to integrate and yeah. and like it just allowed you to, everything to come full circle by you trusting that both in the transition period before we transition and afterwards i felt you i was like she's doing it like yeah. she's gone she's going all the way in the trust dojo <laughs> yeah 
which to me, I'm like, it's almost predictable because I'm so familiar with magic. I'm like, she's going to get to experience in her body viscerally how much support is coming beyond her own orchestration. And that's, that's the alchemy. It's like you have the support coming from your own knowledge and orchestration and that's powerful. And I was like, wow, she's doing it. I could feel you. I was like rooting you on. Yeah. And I could feel the difficulty in that. Mm-hmm. And I could feel what was being forged inside you. And I was so happy to see like the reflection start to come back to you. Like, yeah. oh, shit. who would have known this would happen? Who yeah. would have known this would happen? Yeah. Where did that come from? Which, <laughs> yeah. which is no different than like me calling Lupus and being like, yeah, I know I'm oh. walking in faith right now. So I'm so yeah. that was one of the things that made me the happiest in our transition and just really proud of you for like my soul and heart is so, you know, yeah. and, and, and just, yeah. So. I really feel that. And I see that. And I, it's one of those things. That's what I mean. I became who I needed to be in the relationship in order to leave the relationship. Like that is what occurred. And this is a huge part of it is my expanse into believing that magic is real. When I say magic, I want to, here I am, I want to ground that in. When I say that, I mean, like the deep, inherent, innate relationship with life as a supportive force and that life will organize itself in service of you and your evolutionary momentum, period. Life force, nature wastes nothing. So why would nature waste energy if it wasn't serving to organize itself to support you in a specific evolutionary trajectory? So I put that in the frame of my decision for us to go our separate ways, which I do want to name that that was my decision. And this is also another important thing to name, which I've, we've shared on this a little bit, but it was my decision for us to take space, for us to go for a month apart mm-hmm. was really important because I had carried this wound around trust and trust in love. And because our love was so big and the devotion was coming so strongly from you throughout our relationship of like, you know, once we got past that beginning part, you were all the way in and very affirmative and very much a stand through the many years of our relationship when we'd have wobbles of like, we're getting through this. I'm not going anywhere. Unconditional love, unconditional love, stability, leaning in. I'm staying, I'm staying. You can trust this. You can trust this. You can trust this for like years. And by the end of it, I really believed it. And the relationship romantically was actually in a process of trying to release itself, which is perfect, but it was really scary. And I can see that if you would have been the one to say it's over or I'm no longer, you know, in, which wasn't even, it almost like that didn't even occur to you. It allowed for the transition to be massively healing for me and not reinforce that I couldn't trust love because if the magnitude of devotion and love I felt from you ended with you saying, never mind, 
I don't know what it would take from another man for me to not, (laughs) for me to be like, okay, I believe you. But like, if, or if, or, you know, but you didn't, you actually stayed all the way in. So just like, I feel like there was a part of you on a higher level that just knew (laughs) and, and it was just not true for you to end it. It was just not the truth. And, and there was enough trust in us and in me and me and you that we knew our devotion was so strong to truth and that the devotion to our love wouldn't go anywhere, that we could go through a truth portal, even if it meant the end of our romantic relationship. And I had built enough trust. Again, this is kind of circling back to the life thing through my experiences of life showing up so powerfully through like that belief pillar that you were holding. And yes, I had to grow into it, but I was believing that magic in the form of life showing up for you is real by the time we were in completion. And I knew that me as an individual, not with you, because you're a flow master and, and, and that's energy mastery and flow mastery has been your code, you know? And so for me to know within myself mm-hmm. that I am supported by life, not yeah, just yeah. me and Oren, but like I am supported by life and that, yeah. that I trust life. I needed to let go of the relationship and actually go into the unknown. I didn't let go of the relationship because of that, to be clear. It was because these dynamics of the way we were actually growing each other. And honestly, our intuition of like, I felt to go to Costa Rica and Colorado. You felt to go more to Tulum. There was actually just starting to be some layers of like, we were, our spirits were going in different directions in addition to it feeling like it was expiring or stagnating the ways we were growing each other. You had grown into embodied magic and I had grown into magical embodiment, you know? (laughs) And so, but, but I needed to take that magical embodiment out for a spin. And so I just hadn't had a reference point in my system of that. And as a liberation artist who is facilitating an experience like the liberation dojo, inviting other human beings to expand beyond their fear-based edges in real time. When I realized, wow, it feels like the relationship is potentially expiring. Our house is being sold. There's this timeline of leaving LA. I'm in the total unknown. I don't know what's going to happen. And I knew that that I had to expand beyond the edge of my fear there and not hold on to any of it and take this magical embodiment that I had earned through the relationship out for a spin (laughs) on its own. And it was terrifying. It was so scary. It was like, but it was so magical. The way that life showed up, and I think this is what you're naming that you were so excited to see. And this is again, circling back to, I said, life doesn't waste energy. Nature doesn't waste energy. It takes energy to organize these magical synchronistic moments. Mm-hmm. So this kind of grounds it. This is like, wow, why would nature organize itself with such divine perfection in every step of the way on my journey, in every step of the way in your life? And this is true for everyone who goes through your own evolutionary process to receive it and trust it in a way that's grounded for you. Why would life organize itself if it wasn't on our side in the way that's serving, right? Because we said, yes, the alignment was true. 
So I fully let go. That was a true alignment with the perspective that I knew I was in a trust dojo. Mm -hmm. I knew it. So I was looking for synchronicities to show up in my field. I was available for them. And when they would show up, even the smallest thing in Costa Rica, I land there. The day I decided I didn't need to hold all this alone and be alone there, I opened to you know, living with someone else, I walk into a coffee shop, our dear brother Ramayan is sitting there on Airbnb, looking for a place to move into that day. And I was just like, um, I have a three bedroom house, like right down the road. Why don't you just come stay with me? And I, there was support, bam, just showed up right there. Like right at the time we were ending the relationship, it was one thing after another showing up in my field. And I was paying attention to the total void space I was in, literally everything in my known universe totally released. And then the way life was organizing itself, again, not wasting any energy, but organizing itself because the energy exchange in that was serving the evolutionary impulse of me being that is a part of the whole of it. And so it's like life shows up, but we've got to show up for life And if we're like, no life, no, I'm holding on to the house. I'm holding on to the relationship. I'm holding, but life's like my love it's expired. And the growth is in this direction. Hmm. If we grow in the direction that life is saying, like the tree wants to grow towards the sun. If the tree's like, no, no, I, I like, no, then life won't really support it. It might die in the other direction. If we grow in the direction that we feel like life is calling us the energy will naturally flow in the direction to support you in your alignment. And that's what I experienced during that time. So much grief, so much heartbreak, so much sadness, but I wasn't in resistance to the release that was happening. I had perspective enough to see and knowing enough to know that it was true. So I realized to the degree that I wasn't resisting the release that was occurring was the degree that I could receive the new life and the new energy and the support that was coming in. And that was my experience during the few months immediately after our breakup. And that's right around the time you also met Chelsea. So I'd love to pass it to you and kind of hear how that phase was like for you. Yeah. Well, first I just want to like acknowledge you. Awesome. Well done. Like what a tremendous amount of courage and will pointed in the right direction in the direction of surrender and you know and trust like it just is a testament to who you are Mm -hmm. i had a great teacher thank you (laughs) Um, and the second profound thing i want to acknowledge you for and and this is so counterintuitive to the our person is that you truly transcended the fear of heartbreak now, when you have a fear of heartbreak, then it's not just grief. There is a deep suffering because the fear is this belief or perception or thought that I might not be able to make it in all the ways that make it means, you know, emotionally recover, you know, be supported or whatever. And so kudos to you as a soul, like lifetime achievement award for, <laughs> for transcending because I don't feel a fear of heartbreak in you. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Obviously, nobody wants to experience. I still don't life. prefer it, but well, I'm not terrified in the same way. Yeah. That's that's hugely different. Yeah. That's hugely different because it's almost like the same version of you that was terrified of it 
of heartbreak is the same version of you that doesn't know how much life is supporting you. That's right. right. It was through support. It was through life support. That's hilarious. Through life support. (laughs) (laughs) Literally. No, but really it's like, it's life support that I felt. And I have an embodied trust in life now that I have earned. I earned an embodied trust in life through letting go of the holding on the control, the manipulation of it. That's coming from a lack of trust in life. And what that feels like in my system is like a knowing that I will be supported, that I am okay, that I am lovable, that I am trust embodied no matter what. So when I, you know, in my current relationship, I am head over heels in love with an amazing man. And I am so grateful for that man. And in moments of, if there's a moment of rupture or a moment of a process coming up, it's like, it still feels scary, but it's occurring in my system where I can like permeate all possibilities and know that no matter what I got me and I'm going to be okay. Like I can get through whatever it is, Mm -hmm. which helps to take kind of the pressure off of moments that actually they don't need to be, feel like life or death. I think when there's that big fear of heartbreak in relationship, even like a moment of rupture or a contrasting moment or a process that you go into, it can feel like so enormous because the fear of the 1% possibility that this could lead to the end of the relationship is so scary that it becomes harder to tolerate a disconnection or a moment of space or whatever it is. And so I feel like that initiation was essential for me as a woman and, and becoming the version of myself that can also hold the heart of my partner to the best of my capacity. I'm still growing in that, but hold the heart of my partner, hold the heart of myself and and just trust when there are natural moments of growth within the relationship, which also ironically stabilizes the relationship. Right. Only. So you, and so Share with me now, like your experience. So we ended the relationship and then within a couple of weeks, you meet another woman and, <laughs> and there's, I, I don't know if it was a couple of weeks. It probably felt like it was just a couple of weeks, but uh-huh. I, I will say this, like the, the transition itself, one of the things that was really potent and meaningful to me and really another expression of love, but a challenging one is that you, you ended it. And when you were sharing, obviously that was a difficult moment when you were sharing the reasons why, and some, there was, you know, parts of that, I'm like, Oh, but that's not, that that's not completely true. And to me, just my soul was like, it doesn't matter. Like this, this is the right thing. That was really challenging for me, not just to receive, but to receive it in a way that I didn't feel like we were permeating that together. Yeah. That was probably the most challenging part is to not feel the intimacy and connection that I was familiar with. Yeah. Um, And having the feeling like we're going through it together or making a decision together. Um, But knowing like just the intelligence inside me was just like, it's okay. Like you don't, it, it doesn't need to be expressed, whatever it is that I see happening. It's still the right choice. Yeah. And to be in that awareness 
in a way that felt like by myself, right? It's just a feeling. We're always connected. That was the most challenging part of that chapter for me. Mm-hmm. And I can keep, I can fast forward to me. Yeah. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. So. And, and, and any part that feels true, it doesn't have to be right into that, but I'm curious, you know, just your experience in that. And my intention in our expression here is like, wow, like the journeying through the break up and like how, what your experience was, what my experience was, and like, how did we hold it cleanly? And I'm bringing up the fact that you met someone else because I'm sure everybody can understand that felt really like painful so fast, right? And there were some layers there for me that I met myself in a new way and met you in a new way that I think kept it clean where that could have spun out and contributed to us being able to come back around and develop a friendship and a like deeper than friendship, a family, like for our family to stay intact. <laughs> yeah. I think that we, not that we did this like, you know, strategically, but I think that we managed to maintain the devotion and point the devotion where it needed to be pointed along the way. Yeah. You know, and I, and I think that that's, one of the things that can be challenging about that was challenging about that is when you're used to interacting with your partner in a particular way and supporting each other in a particular way and kind of almost counting on your partner being there in a particular way mm-hmm. and that dynamic shifts it doesn't mean that the intention needs to shift yeah. right it's it's just that the way in which the intention is being fulfilled gets mm-hmm. shifted and so that's that's where like uh, now we have the intention to hold each other mm-hmm. and hold each other's hearts and to the best of our ability. But there was also a kind of separation in, in the sense of like that becomes now a very personal thing as well as like devoting like to what do I and that's a different it's the same intention but different configuration of energy because mm-hmm. now it's like, OK, well, I want to hold your heart to the best of my ability. And I can't, I don't want to do so at the expense of my heart and, and mm-hmm. how our hearts are healing is going to be different. Right. Yeah. And I feel like that's where, you know, things got a little bit bumpy at times, mm-hmm. but we still maintained a devotion, whether it's like the devotion was occurring as like, what does devotion to myself and my own heart look like? What does it look like for her? And I think that we danced with that very well when we were in the, what do I need? Like you were like, I really need space. You know, what do I need? But in a way we were still in the we do you know what i mean it's like but that's how love can hold everything love doesn't have to compartmentalize or be like well you know if we portion some love here then we got to take some away from here so yeah so that period of time you know i had a realization and i'm skipping a couple chapters here but one of the things that was painful to me is first of all there is the loss of the relationship and then on top of that, just I love you dearly and just feeling you, you know what I mean? And feeling like feeling your pain and feeling your pain in connection to me. Not that you ever went into like blame, but that was difficult. And, you know, just still leaning into truth and still leaning into love. And so then when I met Chelsea, I could feel yeah. do things simultaneously. And this is again, like love can hold it all. One is how 
the pain that it brought up is not like that wasn't a surprise. Like that's very natural, but simultaneously feeling the truth of whatever this connection was with Chelsea. Yeah. You know, there is no perfect formula. And I think that the quest for a perfect formula is evidence that your ego is kind of captaining the ship, right? Perfect formula would be like, oh, well, I'll follow this connection to this degree, but not to this degree. Or I'll let this energy, let myself feel the love or even prior to like being with her, right? I'll let myself feel that or not feel it because I'm trying to juggle what I feel for Z. It's like, that's like the ego trying innocently to express love and to express care and to express sensitivity. And so I feel like all in all, I give myself a solid B plus, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So like, but but that was challenging to hold those simultaneously. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I that's what I was going through during that period of time. And so, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, I being able to take in the pain that but but not take in like the pain means that I am creating pain. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. Which would be which would be a dishonoring of the truth of my own experience. And yeah. I like so that's what was happening inside oh, me. And that's yeah, huge. Well, that's, I mean, I'm just appreciating receiving your experience. I can really feel how that would have felt to you. You know, I really feel how you love me and like knowing that you having met someone else who you also have true, real feelings for is creating pain for me, but that it's not you doing it. And you can't edit your behavior here because we actually, I did end the relationship and, and both of us knew that was true. And so there wasn't a resistance to the ending and it actually, so, so first of all, I'm just feeling you in that as a man and, and your huge heart and the desire to hold everything and everyone, but also stay in your truth. And so I can feel how, while it was a painful time, it was also so essential specifically. And there's my creator consciousness is true in this. I, it made sense because I had trauma from the past of an ex-partner betraying me and cheating on me with other women. And like, it was not that, but it did bring up the sensation of like, oh, who do I need to be? So to be the version of myself that can actually handle this, that doesn't spin out into blame or making it you know, go into victim around it because I could see that it was actually perfect. It was perfect in terms of the way it served my healing. It was perfect in the way that it expedited the opportunity for me to actually let go all the way and not have it ended in a way of like hoping that it would still be different or something might change, but actually it expedited the completion of the romantic component of our relationship, which was essential for me to heal within myself was essential for me to authentically actually let go mm-hmm. and let go of the pacifier of reaching out to you to make the thing feel better in me that was in pain. I actually wrote a spoken word piece like days before I met my current partner, David called pacifier. And the first line is like, when the pacifier and the pain are sourced from the same, it's time to change the game you're playing. Mm. Yeah. You know, stop reaching to that which used to soothe it when it now causes bruises every time you try to use it. It's like that's the energy of you being the prior source of relief. Right. 
when the part of me that would still be holding on to the past, the desire to reach to you to pacify a pain that was coming from the loss of you actually needed to expire so that I could hold myself fully in the release. Mm. Mm. And as soon as that did, which means I actually accepted that it was complete, which was a function of you being with someone else. Right. It sped it up. So I had months of letting that process and letting it land and being with myself and having a conscious, intentional, blameless conversation to take some space for myself to heal, where it's the way we completed, actually, I feel like is what opened up the timeline for the future is that I know your heart. When I took that month of space, I knew you that you weren't intending to create pain. I knew this is just a truth that was happening, and I knew that it was happening for a reason. And so I moved through that passage, truly letting go and receiving my own life support within myself. And I swear within days of fully, fully accepting it, like it landed. All my energy was home. It snapped back into my body, like from any reaching or hoping or any, you know, the grief. I went through the grief with integrity Mm. and the energy came home and it was within days that I met David. And that was another affirmation of how deeply I can trust life. And I really see how meeting David couldn't have happened a second earlier for me to know that it wasn't another pacifier. I had to have let go of you completely in the romantic sense and pacified myself, like really accepted it and chosen I'm here and forward and become available for life and like held myself in the grief for months enough Mm -hmm. that I knew that I wasn't reaching out for anything outside of me in order to make that better. And when I met David, I was there. Mm. I was like, okay, like I, I'm here. I arrived. I literally, when I got to Evercamp, which was the the festival, the 4th of July experience, I met Davida. I landed and said, I literally got off the plane and was like, I'm available. (laughs) Like, like I was literally like, okay, I'm available. And my energy was, I was available for the first time. And it's this wild thing because we really spoke to who I became through the relationship, the nearly four years together and who you became through the relationship. And neither one of us had taken that version of ourselves out for a spin single. Right. You know? And so it was like, wow, we like, we, we really met partners that were reflecting the, the, these aspects that we were really ready for and desiring very fast relative to the depth the magnitude and length of our relationship. And so it's been a really beautiful thing. And then there was many months after that of us communicating periodically voice note and text message, but not that much, right. but it was like the period of the month of, we only had one month where we didn't communicate at all. Mm-hmm. And then it was just this very organic kind of space for you to You were in your own flow, obviously. I was in my own flow, obviously. And we were in this falling in love with new people moment. And there wasn't energy really in the field of attention between us anymore. It was like 
okay, we're available for connection and we're like, we're aware that each other seeing new people, but there was just this organic, I would still say it was a spacious time. There was probably four or five months in there where we were, our attention wasn't as much on like us talking, but it was just, we could feel the love and connection, but it was this natural organic kind of made sense for you to be in that deepening and me to be in that deepening. And it's this wild thing that just as David left, my partner David left for his training, his meditation initiator training, and you were traveling to LA without Chelsea, and I was traveling to LA almost exactly one year after we ended the relationship. It was like this perfect amount of time. You know what? Actually, I think it was like maybe a month before that we did get on a FaceTime around your birthday in December. Mm -hmm. And we both said, oh, it just, it feels like we're going to, it's time for us to like see each other again. Because there we are with the timing again. With right? the timing. And it's the, the wild thing is we hadn't, when we left LA, I went to Costa Rica and you went to Tulum. We were still technically together. We right. broke up when we were in different countries. Which is bizarre. Which is, was essential actually, I think, because yeah. if we were in the same physical space, just the magnitude of the love, it would have been very challenging to completely break up in the way that we, that break up the romantic energy. We needed that year to really let it all untether and undisentangle and settle. And then we needed time in our own space to really like orient towards our own lives and our own flow and our own being. Like I said, from this new level of being that we had achieved in the relationship, we needed, I feel like to take that out for a spin without a big presence of one another in each other's lives in that way. And it's almost as if as soon as it was time, like life was life, us, however you want to frame it was like, oh, we're like, you're solidly in your reality with your new partner. I felt solidly in my reality. And the love is just still true. There's right. a family love. And so we ended up just totally unplanned being in LA together at the same time and saw each other for the first time in the physical yeah. since we broke up a year earlier. Yeah. It was like, yeah, let's talk about that. It was so beautiful. It was yeah, it was gorgeous and so just made sense. You know what I mean? Like just delightful. So much love, so much joy, so much home energy, which I guess that's love, right? It's like, yeah. you know, but to to live that in meeting you in LA and experience that that in person is like it was it was so beautiful. It was the best, yeah. you know? And that's what really kind of like put a, like a bookend on the whole journey for me and like really like hit the grand slam home run where I was like, wow, like the, there, there was no loss. Actually, there was only a massive gain <laughs> for both of us because totally. we didn't lose each other. We, we gained new partners who, by the way, I love Chelsea. She is epic. It's been such a pleasure to connect with her every step of the way. And I would actually love to have her on the podcast and talk about her experience. Oh yeah. Yeah. As you know, she, okay. I'll let her share her own experience, but I feel like the way that we met each other on the FaceTime, cause Oren and I were together in the physical and we FaceTime Chelsea 
I just fell in love with her and I fell in love with her experience of the whole unfoldment, the way she was experiencing my heart during that time. And we just really experienced the perfection of all of it as well. And there was a lot of like other woman sister wound healing that got to happen, even in just that small connection. That was profound. I mean, just like you said, it was very quantum and very much just, I don't know, the amount of love that was in the space and devotion. It was happening not through any like conversation per se, but yeah, I could feel it. Yeah, it was amazing. And so I, I just felt, I feel and felt again, we're circling back now as we kind of start to land this episode to the awe of like, wow, this is really happening. Like we really are in celebration. We really are in this incredible new frame where there wasn't a loss. We each gained new relationships with partners that we love dearly and partners that also support us in our love and connection, which is so incredible. And all of us desiring to get to know each other. You just met David for the first time just before this, this episode, (laughs) just super briefly. And, you know, I was just struck by hearing both of you guys say like, and I'm so excited to meet you in the physical. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and just feeling that, like feeling the desire between all of us to continue the unfoldment of love and family and connection and mutual celebration, which is like, almost like it's a, wow. It's like this, our family relationship and our partners. It's like our love kind of like amplified into more of all that's true. And so I feel really grateful for that. And there was, you know, a deep kind of integrity, I think that we described from every step of the way from the beginning of our relationship to the end of our relationship, to the way that we journeyed through the separation and the disentanglement to the way we journeyed through with so much heart, with so much care, with, with like, I would say a a code as well as giving each other the benefit of the doubt of just like, this is a person that you loved for years. Like, like the benefit of the doubt that from their perspective, they love you and they're doing the best they can. And this is a new frame of like relationship has ended. So it really, it's no longer a, we are moving and deciding together. There is a new dynamic of like, I love you and I'm holding your heart and I have to do what's best for me. Can we give the benefit of the doubt to each other in that very tender time of wow, I love this person and I want them to do what's best for them, even though it might be creating pain for me in this time, this phase of separation. Totally. Yeah. I'm amazed and grateful. I'm just so beautiful, so powerful, the whole process. And, you know, one simple possibility, we started this conversation now about possibility, possibility of love transforming and all the things is, is just that healing's possible, like true alchemical inside out healing is possible, does, shouldn't be understated. And, and like one of the ways like gratitude celebration is a sign of that possibility. Cause I can truly say that I have no regrets. And that I think is probably more uncommon than we might think yeah. you know I mean? yeah. like that. Like I don't have negative memory of our relationship, but that's a sign of healing. Yeah. Through healing. I totally hear that. Me too. I feel the same way. Yeah. I feel that's a good or great point just to track. 
Cause I yeah. really feel the same way. We definitely had moments of big rupture and contraction and all of mm-hmm. it, but through every step of the way, I know your heart and I know, you know, my heart and I know we were each doing our best. And I know we each know the other one was doing their best. And so it's like, there is no resentment. There is no, no resentment. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, then feeling each other in the physical was like this reference point of like, wow, we really feel like family. And that is the new truth of our relationship. And so love, love, it's like energy cannot be created or destroyed, only changed in form. Love is the ultimate expression. It's the energy. It's the ultimate expression of life, love, energy. And so we didn't destroy it. We didn't create something different, like meaning like the love is not love anymore. We evolved into something new. The form of it changed. So the form of our relationship is evolving into the truth of the family that we are. And mm. for that, I'm just so grateful. I'm mm. so grateful for you spending this time with me and looking forward to all the times, you know, dancing and playing and celebrating together with oh. David and I and you and Chelsea. And yeah, yeah I'm just, I, I love you. And this whole conversation felt so expansive mm. to me, to my heart and yeah, I'm just, I just feel so grateful for the opportunity to spend this time together and to all the ears listening. Thank you for your heart forward presence with us and for receiving at the depth that you are. We both are truly grateful. And I'm curious, oh, if there's anything you feel to share around in terms of anyone interested in deeper relationship alchemy or who might feel called to go deeper with you that's new to either one of our worlds where can anyone listening find you you can find me on instagram at oren harris o-r-e-n-h-a-r-r-i-s i'm also oren harris on facebook and my website is orenharris.com and i am definitely inspired by relationship and divine union it is the prime invitation on this planet, be it the honor and beauty of divine union relationship with a love partner, like romantic partner. But that invitation is also present with, with life, with nature, with each other right now. It's so potent right now. And so I'm, I'm a big stand for that. I'm a champion for that. And yeah, just wanted to share that. And I, I so appreciate you. And just feel grateful and feel like super blessed that it's like it's like lifetime achievement. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? And probably from a soul perspective, like soul badge, you know, to to us that you know, we're able to be in this devotional love and let it manifest and live into it is so is profound. So I'm grateful for you. Mm -hmm. And I love you always, always. I love you too. I love you too. And yeah, we're ironically, I don't know if it's ironic or wild, but I'm sure that we are just getting started on all the adventures that this life has to bring for us. Yes. Beautiful. Well, thank you all for your presence and your love today. I imagine that you are also living your life right beyond the edge along with us if you're listening to this episode. So thank you for your presence and the devotion that it takes to walk in the way that you do. And with that, we're going to close it out. Mm, You all see. Much love. Thank you all for creating this space 
to receive this transmission and for having the courage that it takes to live your life beyond the edge. If you feel the call to go deeper with me privately or explore the dojo ecosystem, the best place to start is by visiting zaharazimring.com and taking your free micro dojo. You can also find me on Instagram at Zahara Zimring, and I love hearing from you guys. So feel free to send me messages, make comments, and I will absolutely get back to you. I also would deeply appreciate if this episode or any of these episodes have touched your heart. Leave a review as it really supports this show in touching more hearts and more lives all around the world. Thank you for joining and I'll see you next time.